This is the murderer you know. <laughs> okay. okay. Listen. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the murderer you know. Actually, I really want to interrupt your regularly scheduled show today and probably next week too, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a fun interruption. And I want to start this by saying, and you feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, co-hosts, but I think we actually all learned something last week lawyers, true crime obsessors, and know-it-alls alike. What Do you guys learned? think that's true? What did we learn? I think we all learned that the death penalty was still on the table in Virginia, technically until 2021. Oh, you mean when I was arguing with your mom, cause I didn't feel good. And she was trying to tell me that she was right. And I yes. was like, you wrong the whole time she was right. <laughs> Yeah, okay. The whole time <laughs> she was indeed right. I remember that. As listen, always. Listen, as I have always. COVID, okay? I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> You're going to have to step in as the legal expert. She was already answering my fucking question earlier in the practice. So <laughs> it was pre COVID mania. <laughs> I rebuke that. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, um, though, that I wanted to say, I was thinking about that earlier. I can't believe that because it really does feel like it's been a couple of years at least. And I don't know why I I can't explain why that is, but it feels like it's been a couple of years. Well, I think we're all kind of in, I mean, we don't have COVID, but I think everyone in the world is still kind of in this COVID confusion bubble and time is just passing so strangely, don't you think? But I mean, yeah, that was... That was last year, in case anyone is still lagging behind a little bit. 2021 was last year. I still don't. I mean, that's I still well within the time. With you. Like, I literally you've been practicing law right now, want to argue with you and be like, bitch, you're wrong. Like, it was well, totally listen, 2018 or something. Later on, I have an explanation because I've been researching this like crazy. And I actually think there's a reason that it makes perfect sense that you thought it might have been earlier. So, we're going to get into that among many other things over the next probably two weeks. You can't see me. I'm raising the roof. I'm ready. (laughs) I do want to say, I think I want to, I think there are kind of two really important eras, I guess you could call them of capital punishment in Virginia. So we're going to do pre-modern and modern. And like I said, I think that will take a couple of episodes. We're doing something new, something interesting. We're not We're not talking about a specific, one specific crime. No. We're talking about the history, not of murder in America, but of the punishment of murders Mm -hmm. in America. Not in America, just in our state. And I mean, this is like very high level, even for our state. I mean, the amount of, there could be a podcast on this just in Virginia, let alone all of the other states in the country. I mean, there's a lot. It's a really dense subject. Well, let's get into it. Because honestly, I'm not going to really know. I mean, not only did I not think the death penalty was a thing for most of my time in practice. I wasn't doing capital cases, so this isn't going to be something we might have to sub your mom in. Well, as the legal expert this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this. Let's make a little segue from our, our a little road trip from our road trip here. Mm. Question for you, and I know we've briefly touched on this here and there, but I want to ask you and maybe this is silly maybe everyone knows all of this already but I feel like we've talked a little bit about the 
sorts of cases you have and haven't worked on, the types of things you do and don't litigate. So here's what I want to ask you. What are the different types of lawyers? I know there are defendants and prosecutors and Commonwealth attorneys, which work for the state. And I to- I totally get that part now. <laughs> And that, you know, you don't technically represent a victim in any way, but there are different, I don't know if it's a department or a specialty within your practice. I just feel like there could be all kinds of different ways to practice law. You know, some people are family lawyers, divorce lawyers, real estate lawyers. Can you break some of that down for us? I just feel like it's so convoluted. I mean, it is though, because like there really is like 600,000 ways to be an attorney. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's lots of people that go to law school and they don't even... You know, they're not litigators. They don't go to courtrooms. They do. Oh, wow. More, yeah, they do more paperwork stuff. I don't know what they do because I've never done that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, but. you know, corporate lawyers, tax lawyers, uh, business lawyers write up contracts. Yeah, I mean, they probably never see the inside of a courtroom. Yeah, you can really do anything after law school. But for me, I only ever wanted to work in very specific areas of law, mainly criminal law. And I first graduated law school, I didn't immediately start prosecuting. I actually worked as a defense attorney and defense attorneys for the most part can do a little bit of everything. They Mm -hmm. can kind of work in the criminal law as well as in some of those other areas you mentioned, you know, family law, personal injury, collections, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the public defender's office, they can only defend certain eligible people charged with certain eligible crimes and similarly (laughs) prosecutors can only prosecute crimes there's nothing else that I can do I can't do anything else anymore now that I prosecute that's all that I can do and then yeah within my office I mean we have we have five specialty units a little bit more like a police department a lot of prosecutors offices usually just have I don't know one specialty, if that, but my current mm-hmm. office has a couple of different specialties and I work in the special victims unit, which for the most part is sex crimes. And what are some of the other specialties? We kind of break the units out into a specific domestic violence unit and a specific juvenile delinquency unit. And they also have a special investigations unit and a violent crimes unit. And special investigations are usually like gangs and trafficking and like really, really specialized sorts of criminal stuff Hmm. that you don't see all the time. So interesting because I just, I I know I hear you a lot saying when we're talking about these crimes, like, oh, well, I haven't really done a lot of murder cases or I haven't really done a lot of this kind of thing. So it's interesting to see kind of how that's all broken out a little bit more than I think someone like me completely on the outside looking in is it sometimes dependent on how much crime is in your jurisdiction is that why they break it out into more groups or is it just a different way of I'm sure you can kind of design your office however you want yeah it depends on a lot of stuff for the most part it really just depends on the office you're in and commonwealth attorneys are elected officials so they have had this argument with your mom a hundred times they don't have a boss So Mm -hmm. they really have a lot of leeway to prosecute the way they want and set up an office the way they want and focus Mm. on the things that they think are important and that most greatly impact the community. So Mm -hmm. that's why you get those specialized units 
focusing on things that are important, domestic violence, juvenile delinquency, violent crimes. Those are the things that most impact the community. So crazy how much, I mean, it's like I said, even getting into the topic that we're getting into today, it just seems like there are so many different levels and nuances and details and ways that these things are done, not only from state to state, but even from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. There's just so much to all of this. Yeah, there is for sure. I mean, that's why for me, it was always important that I get to kind of focus on one thing. I get to get good at one thing. Really, really good at that. Right. Because it is hard. It is. Mm -hmm. There's lots of, like you said, nuances. There's lots of ins and outs. There's lots of things you have to know. There's lots of deadlines you have to meet. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a super high pressure job for sure. I'm like sitting here like sweating so much, just describing it. (laughs) I thought it was from the COVID. It's both. I think I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't, I'm really worried. Ugh. I hope all that sounded like English because my brain hasn't really been working for a couple of weeks, days. It was definitely English. Good. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. So let's get back on our main side trip here. I want to talk a little bit about capital punishment just because, like I said, we all learned that this was still a thing until so recently. I wanted to talk a little bit about why it was a thing in the first place and different points throughout the history of the death sentence essentially being used in our state. Execution itself goes way, way back to the dawn of civilized man. There is basically hardly a society at all from what I researched from the beginning of civilizations on earth that has utilized executions to punish criminals in some way, shape, or form. In the early, early days, apparently before a well-developed prison system of the post-18th century world, execution was sometimes the only option. I feel like we kind of got a tiny glimpse of this in our great, 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 eight greats grandma, but Back in those days. I mean, was she ex- really eight greats though? Was she? I I don't think. So. I think so. Was it nine? It was eight, I think. Nine. No, I just I just mean not great. Not great. The great <laughs> part. That ain't hey, that ain't don't it. be hating on the poor woman. She was trying to help her daughter. Alrighty <laughs> then. Moving on. Mother's Back. love, you know? <laughs> well, if you remember especially with her husband. Back in those days, there were no sorts of requirements for executions to be sort of the things, and we've talked about some of this stuff a little bit in past episodes, but you know, now in states that do still have the death penalty, the executions have to be swift, painless, and those sorts of things. But back in those days, executions often involved torture, cruel, intentionally painful methods like breaking on the wheel, which remember her husband went through, drawing and quartering, burning at the stake, flaying, boiling alive, and so many other completely insane, (laughs) insane tactics. But back to our state. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. back to our state, because the good news is that America decided very early on that they did not want to use torture in executions. So there won't be a lot of that for the rest of our chat. Oh, good. (laughs) Way to go, guys. Good job. Yes. Very enlightened, those early Americans. Well, that was because they probably had stopped doing that in England and these people No, were apparently they English. hadn't. 
they hadn't they hadn't they were no they hadn't they decided to get rid of torture which apparently didn't sit well with their new idea of justice but they were still using torture in england at the time Hmm. way to go way to go guys way to not be enlightened (laughs) (laughs) so these guys came over to the new world i think A lot of the people listening probably know about the first permanent English settlement in Virginia. What's the song? In 1607. We sailed the open sea. Was that from Pocahontas or just life? Yes, it was from Pocahontas. Is there like a raise my hand button? Because what is going on here? (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know about this song. What is this? You don't? No. It's from the it's Pocahontas, Pocahontas movie, which is about Jamestown. I know what. Mm, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think there is a raise your hand, but I don't see anything. You, by the way, oh, look, I uh, you. <laughs> oh, you did it. You fail at being a Disney fan right there. Excuse me. You don't get to rate shit right now. Like nobody <laughs> brought you on here to rate shit and pass judgment. <laughs> so where? Hold on. I'm going to react that ass. Give me a second. Look at that. That's the rage Ooh, reaction. Oh, <laughs> angry. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm going to do, do some of those. You're not going to do it. No, don't thing. try. You'll probably hang up on us. <laughs> so these, these Jamestown settlers who came from England, like my mom said, they brought their down-home capital punishment right along with them, minus torture, I guess, so one improvement, but there was a provision of the 1606. And a lot of this, I mean, for our history nerds out there, some of these words will probably sound familiar to you. The rest of us, they're just the Magna Carter, the Magna Carter, the Magna Carter. (laughs) Is that where we are? The 1606 Magna Carter. Carta, Carta, Carta. (laughs) No, it was something called the British Charter, which allowed the council of Virginia to invoke the death penalty for rebellions, conspiracy, mutiny, and those sorts of things together with murder, manslaughter, incest, rape, and adultery. According to this document, offenders would be tried by a jury of 12, selected by the president of the Council of Virginia, and so they rolled with it. In fact, 10 people were executed in Virginia starting in 1608 through the end of the 1600s. I mean, what were which you is... even like, what were y'all up to that so many of y'all needed to be executed? Like, what Well, is, that's what, what I was going to gonna say, because I mean, how many people even lived there at the time? Like five? Literally. <laughs> they executed 50% of the population. <laughs> They, the, once they got a grip, once they got a toehold and managed to survive the starving time, you know, they began to reproduce rather. By the end of the 1600s, they had taken over like half of the Indians' land in Virginia. The Indians were already being pushed out. So they multiplied. Well, I don't like that. Yes, they multiplied like rabbits. So there they were enough to execute. Kept their asses in England. <laughs> So anyway, the first man executed in Virginia, his name was Captain George Kendall, and he was executed only 568 days after the Virginia company landed in Jamestown. So short visit, short visit. They were really. (laughs) And what's the crime? Day three? Or was it a very swift justice system? Like it was, it was a crime over time. It was ongoing. 
All right. I'm nervous. This guy, Captain George Kendall, he was a young man of very high rank, and he was one of the original seven counselors who founded Jamestown. So he seems like a pretty important guy, but apparently he did not get along with the original president of the party, Captain Edward Maria Wingfield. Don't, are these names like so fancy or no? Is that just me? (laughs) So- from now on, I will only answer to Captain Edward Maria Graciela Christopher or whatever the you hell that guy's it. name just was. <laughs> you got it. As tensions rose and supplies dwindled, Captain Kendall was eventually voted off of the council, arrested, and confined to the ship that the men arrived on. When President Wingfield was eventually replaced, Captain Kendall was allowed to leave the ship again, but only without a weapon. I don't really know exactly what happened, but obviously they thought he was potentially dangerous. It seems like he couldn't even carry a weapon. Well, you know, there was a lot of rivalry and people trying to be the top dog at that time. I Mm -hmm. mean, they didn't like John Smith either. They tried to accuse him of a lot of stuff. And luckily he wasn't executed for treason. Well, apparently, even when this guy got off the boat, there was still a lot of tension. And in fact, there was another guy. Well, you brought up John Smith. There was another guy, a blacksmith named James Reed. And he was actually almost the first person executed for attempting to hit the new president over the head. And I think the president at that time was John Smith. (laughs) Probably. He was a commoner. So he was supposed to be hanged for his crime because commoners were hanged and fancy people were shot by firing squad. Does that sound? better (laughs) only only if the people in the firing squad are good shots (laughs) oh you vermin you'll be hanged you vermin i'll be shot (laughs) (laughs) this guy was the one that was james reed that was supposed to be hanged he actually escaped with the noose around his neck and when he escaped he conveniently revealed a plot between our captain kendall who had been on ship arrest and former president wingfield to carry out a mutiny for this mutinous plot Kendall was tried, condemned, and executed by firing squad. Like I said, that was the execution style reserved for people of high birth or high rank, and it was thought to be more honorable. Plot twist, though, because no one else was executed for their part in the plot to overthrow the new president, even though other people were involved. And even though the death penalty laws hadn't been codified in the new colony yet, it was not common for mutineers to be put to death. So it was thought of as kind of strange that Captain Kendall was executed for his part in that. I have some vague recollection. There is a conspiracy, but mom, you go first. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I have some vague recollection of when they found the James Ford on Jamestown Island and they were doing all the excavations and archaeological Mm -hmm. digs. I think they found this guy with they They did. Yeah, they found his body with several bullets uh, still there. 400 years later. And that kind of complicated things further because they did kind of study the body and where the bullets seemed to enter from. And it seemed like he actually might've been shot from behind, approached from below, (laughs) below and behind. So that was kind of 
kind of made it seem like maybe it was not a planned execution sort of event. But I mean, they also can't know for sure that it was his body. They suspected it was his body. Well, that's true. I mean, how do you know? But the conspiracy at the time, there was an Irishman in Jamestown and he was present at the execution. He later on a trip home to Ireland revealed to an archbishop that the man executed in Jamestown was actually executed because they learned that he tried to get to Spain in order to reveal to his majesty all about this country and many plans of the English. That's a quote from the Irish guy. Hmm. So seems like he was a spy and that apparently people thought weighed into it. Yeah. Very, very just so much going on. I'm just guessing jealousy. It just seems unlikely this guy was going to slip off to Spain and sell his secrets to the king of Spain. He was going to jump on his Spain boat and (laughs) right on over there. That's what I was going to say. It's not exactly like you can just hop on a plane really quick. Like it's a whole ass ordeal to get to Spain or anywhere. Yes. Yes. Well, the first violent crime to be punished by the death penalty in Virginia was the following year in 1609 during the aforementioned starving times. So So this this one is is where I'm going to check out. This is the... This is a wild one. Do a safe signal when we're ready. I'll do a safe signal. I'll do jazz hands. (laughs) (laughs) So there are actually five separate historical accounts, including one from John Smith about a man who probably insane from starvation, murdered and cut up his pregnant wife, salted her, which I guess is a way of eating back then that we're not... No, salting salting meat preserved it. So yeah, you have to yeah, eat that's it all what I'm saying. Time. It's not something we do now. <laughs> well, that's not for true. the most part. They salt beef ham. jerky. They salt ham. Listen, oh, that's true. Listen, ham. Y'all are giving me way too many mental pictures. Move on. Oh, so anyway, and he ate her. George Percy, who was serving as the president of Jamestown that winter, wrote that the man murdered his wife, ripped the child out of her womb. You guys should see the spelling of these words and threw it for his food. We can go back to the jerky part because I didn't I didn't realize that I was asking you to go forth to worse. So, uh. This guy was hanged by his thumbs. So excuse me, I thought they got rid of torture, but yeah, right. <laughs> and excuse them because I guess they forgot all about their little enlightenment when it came to the treatment of enslaved people. Uh. So anyway, uh. he was hanged by his thumbs to extract a confession and then he was executed for the cruel and unhumane act According to the various accounts, that part was recorded by the president himself. It was a tough time. I I, I mean, I think it was probably a horrifying time. Frankly. Well, yeah, more than more than half the settlers starved to death. It was horrifying. And if they left the fort, you know, to try and forage or find food, mm-hmm. the Indians would pick them off. So, you know, it was kind of like death by starvation or death yeah. by arrows. Yeah, and a I'm lot horrified. of people... Yeah, a lot of people did just run off into the woods. They probably just took their chances. Three years later, Virginia's governor finally codified the death penalty by law. 
there were actually laws and specific guidelines and it wasn't just this council came up with how they wanted to handle things independently. And after that, you could be executed for all sorts of shit. Like, I do not think this was an improvement to be clear, because (laughs) after that you could be executed for fraternizing with native Americans. You could be executed for stealing fruit or chickens or bread. And then of course, you know, I guess more standard things like murder, but I don't think maybe it was good in terms of organization to have all of this written down somewhere, but I certainly don't think it was a great step forward. I mean, this is why I talk about levels of hell because there's murder and then there's stealing fruit and they shouldn't have the same punishment. The same punishment. Well, exactly. That's true. But if you think about these people went through a starving time, maybe stealing fruit and chickens was something that really spoke to them. And for many years into the 1800s out West, you could be hung for for stealing a horse because stealing a horse was pretty serious. If somebody was out somewhere and their horse was stolen, yeah, Mm -hmm. they, they could face death. So a horse thief was like one of the lowest of the lows. They probably thought murderers were better than horse thieves. Although it seems, I think it's more shocking that fraternized, whatever, (laughs) making friends with the Native Americans leading to the death penalty is a lot more horrifying. Listen, stop (laughs) falafelizing. Yeah, you feeling okay? You need something? Okay, moving on. Well, obviously, my goodness. (laughs) Almost all of the executions after those laws were put into place, moving forward from that point, were hangings. And listen, this is not a typo. This is not a mistake. The last hanging in Virginia, public hanging, occurred in 1909. I know we talked about this a little bit with our great, 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 great grandma episode, but that's kind of crazy, right? No, were were they, were they really public? Yes. Wow. That's really, really creepy. It's, it's insane to me. it, It goes back to the fact that they wanted people to be horrified and to think, I don't want to be bad. We talked about the great-great-grandmother and how they tortured them. Deterrence. Mm. That's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) Yes. You think I'm not going to do do anything bad because I don't want to have all my limbs broken and wrapped around each other before I'm set on fire and disemboweled. So you'd be like, I think I'll be a good girl. Many, many studies have (laughs) since been done that negative reinforcement indeed does not work. So... Well, they didn't do studies back then. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a horrible idea. What, breaking people's limbs around the wheel? What's Whatever. Correct. I mean, sounds... <laughs> what's wrong with that? What could possibly go wrong? I don't know. It's probably fine. After those early executions through the end of the 1600s, remember I said there were only 10 during that time, there were... 1,275 other executions in Virginia through the end of the pre-modern history of 
capital punishment in Virginia through 1963. And we'll talk more about what that date was in a minute, but here are a couple of other noteworthy executions from that time. And I mean, I say noteworthy because actually other than the amount of people and the general demographic information of the criminals who were executed during this time, it was really, really hard to find anything at all on the people executed before the 1960s. And I guess they're just wasn't a great record keeping system back then, which brings me again back to not to keep talking about the great, great grandma, but those records were so pristinely maintained. So Canada was just doing a much better job with that. (laughs) But you have to, but you have to also remember that a lot of courthouses were burned in Virginia during the civil war. Oh, that's a good point. Many, many records were lost. So we can't, you know, Canada didn't go through a civil war, so we can't be saying that our records weren't well kept. We don't know. That's a good point. Look at you. (laughs) The expert of all things. (laughs) Earning your bread so you won't have to steal it. Thank God. And I'm not going to make any friends with anybody because God knows what's on the books now. These couple of people I'm going to mention were actually the only individuals I could really find much information on. They were called out by name during this time frame. So to me, it seemed like other people might consider them noteworthy for whatever reason as well. The first couple that I found were the names of two women, Susanna Brazier who was hanged for murder in 1774, and Mary Snodgrass, who was hanged in 1896. Mary was actually one of the earliest murder cases where a crime committed by a white woman of her own child, by the way, which is awful, received a heavy, heavy amount of media coverage. Mainstream news was sort of an up-and-coming thing in 1896, but there was a media frenzy surrounding this woman's crime. (laughs) me about what a media frenzy looks like in 1896 (laughs) i don't know people on the street hear ye hear ye (laughs) a media frenzy mary snodgrass i have no idea somebody come look at this my goodness (laughs) we tend to think that newspapers like the national Enquirer or something new which is not true i mean sensational newspapers filled with all kinds of misinformation have been around forever. So I can imagine what kind of media sensation there was. And it probably was people standing on the corner saying, hear ye, hear ye, read the latest of the mother who murdered her child. You know, I think people also think it's kind of new and weird even to be fascinated sort of by the details of cases like this. But I think that probably goes back to as early as capital punishment. I was listening to a story the other day about these people. This father killed his entire family, except for his oldest son, who was in town running errands. They charged a penny or five cents for people to tour the house with all of the blood and weapons and a cake the mom made for Christmas (laughs) still on display. They made so much money. And that was back in the 17 or 1800s, I think as well. I think people have always, for some reason, been fascinated. Yes. I I don't just a, a side trip from the side trip again, but it's strange. It is strange. And it's a kind of interesting phenomena. Yeah. I mean, it's like the car accident on the side of the road. Yeah. Can't look away. 
So once I found those women's names, it actually led me to a list of all of the other women executed in Virginia during that time. I mean, I'm sure there may have been some that weren't on this list, but it was from 1632 to 1800. And according to this list, 36 women were executed in Virginia during that time. 10 were white, 25 were black, and one woman was of unknown racial origins. All of the women were hanged. Like I already mentioned, that was pretty much the only way people were executed after those laws were put into place. And most of the women were murderers, 22 of them, but there were also some arsonists, poisoners, I guess unsuccessful poisoners since they weren't included among the murderers, or people convicted of unspecified felonies. One woman was charged, I think this is an interesting kind of historical side note, with concealing a birth. I couldn't find anything on this particular woman, but I did find some information on the case of a woman who went to the gallows for committing the same crime 66 years later in 1768. And apparently, different from the charge you might get nowadays of murder or manslaughter or perhaps maybe if it could be proved the child was actually stillborn I think you could get concealing a body but this woman was charged for simply giving birth to an illegitimate baby what she did afterward no one really cared about but she was put to death for getting pregnant out of wedlock was did she kill the baby maybe no effing terrifying no No. these women were killed simply for getting pregnant wow yes effing terrifying (laughs) i agree another interest blacked out again (laughs) yeah it's not gonna get better this is about the execution So between 1790 and 1865, another interesting historical point, I thought 736 enslaved peoples were executed in Virginia, and this accounts for roughly 86% of the executions of enslaved people in the country. Wow. Which is awful. I mean, Virginia actually, I have notes on this a little later, but... Virginia has had more executions than any other state and more people on death row that were actually executed, like a higher rate of people actually making it to execution than any other state. What a horrible thing. Like to be something you're, I guess I shouldn't say known for, but yeah, to have in your history, it's atrocious. It's I, there are no words truly. Hmm. Well, on the other hand, Virginia is one of the oldest states. So, you know, maybe if you took all out the first hundred years, I don't know. But it's the first hundred years, appalling. there were only 10 executions. Oh, true. So it true. didn't, they hadn't set themselves <laughs> that far ahead yet. Okay. All right. Pretty awful. Don't try so, to make it okay. It's just, it's just broken. It's, it's not. Ruined. It's okay. just supporting me more and more and not thinking this ever should be a thing and being horrified that it still is a thing in several states, which we'll also get into. During this early history of execution in Virginia, 14 juveniles were also executed. And this is of 16 total. Two more were executed by lethal injection in 2000. So 14 juveniles. In 2000? 
That's correct. In the year 2000? In the year 2000. How on earth could they have executed a juvenile in the year 2000? They were murderers. Oh, okay. And in one of the shittiest records ever, not that all these other things weren't also the shittiest things ever. Good job, Virginia. Virginia also holds the record for the youngest person ever executed in the hanging of an 11 or 12 year old girl in 1825. She was executed in part of the state that's now West Virginia for allegedly murdering a four-year-old. Also awful. Yeah. So remember I said the last hanging took place in 1909 and that's because in 1908, the electric chair, which was widely considered more humane, replaced hanging as the most common implementation of the death sentence. And this was after a brochure for the newfangled electrocuting plant circled at a general assembly meeting. Hmm. A brochure. A brochure. A brochure. <laughs> yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. A what brochure. a time. Mm-hmm. Not a brochure for like a new ice cream shop. You know, I'm wondering, I'm just really wondering, since if you're hung or electrocuted, you don't really get to be interviewed afterward. I'm wondering if being electrocuted is really all that humane and painless. I do not think so. Based on nothing. That's just my personal opinion. Well, based on when you're walking across the rug and you build up that static electricity (laughs) and you touch something and you get a shock. (laughs) I mean, that hurts. And you compare that to like a hundred million point. volts. It's so. a good point. It's a very good point. I don't know. I mean, it goes back to the story that we were covering last week that even got us into this whole topic. His lawyers argued that lethal injection isn't swift and easy and painless all the time either. Mm. I mean, none of these things are beyond potential failure. Right. Well, because, I mean, you're talking about killing someone. Mm-hmm. That's not a natural, you know what I mean? Of course, there's not going to be a clean and easy way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. On February 2nd, these are still just in kind of the notable, like, pre-modern different executions. Oh, wait, February- you, you missed he- Henry Smith. I know. I felt bad going back to him, but maybe I shouldn't skip him. The first person executed in the new electric chair, which interesting note here, I think this was the only electric chair ever used in Virginia. They were still using it by the time they decided to introduce lethal injection to the equation. So 1962, they were still using this same chair. Well, there was one electric chair in some state called Old Sparky. I don't know if that was in Virginia, but I hope not. Nothing can redeem it at this point. (laughs) But the first person executed on that chair when it was brand new was a Black convicted rapist named Henry Smith. And he was executed on October 13th. Next thing I have was, I feel like maybe you've heard of this. worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Martinsville 7. You haven't heard of this? No. So on February 2nd, 1951, five of the Martinsville seven men were executed. These men were accused of raping a woman. They gave coerced confessions and were sentenced to death by an all white jury in trials that lasted less than one day each. 
the remaining two men who were not executed on February 2nd were executed on the 5th. And historians believe that at least five of these men were completely innocent. And I also want to mention, because these guys were executed for rape, as was Henry Smith, no white men have ever been executed for crimes other than murder in our state. But from 1900 to 1976, 73 Black defendants were executed for rape, attempted rape, and armed robbery that did not result in a death. Armed robbery got the death penalty? Yep grief wow yep yep it just brings me back to my constant statement that i say all the time maybe in some other universe there could be a death penalty for horrible crimes but not in this universe it's too broken needless to say a lot of other horrible shit happened in this time frame from 1608 to 1963 but in 1963 I mean, I want to say something good happened, but I guess it depends on how you feel about the death penalty. So I'll just say something different happened, especially for a state which was the far and away leader in capital punishment and executions in the country at the time. In that year, with the popularity of the death sentence waning for a number of reasons, some fucking gross, as you can imagine especially from just the shit we've touched on so far which is literally the tiniest drop in the bucket virginia joined a long list of other states in an unofficial ban on the death penalty and between 1974 when the virginia code commission released their list of crimes punishable by death which was required by the supreme court after something called greg versus georgia hmm. And the abolition of the death penalty in 2021, you could only get the death penalty for 15 different crimes. And it included things like murder for hire, and they were all murder. So no more executions for armed robbery or taking someone's pig. You could be executed for murder for hire. You could be executed for murdering a pregnant woman. The one that we talked about in our case was murder of a person under the age of 14 by a person age 21 or older. Basically, the Supreme Court made everyone re release these lists to show that they could do executions in a way that was not unconstitutional. So that was an attempt at keeping things, I guess, more above board. I guess they had to define capital murder. Yes. I don't know what they were called before, but these were the 15 different kinds of capital murder, essentially, that you could still receive the death sentence for. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it had to be in the code somewhere. Like, it, uh -huh. again, it's really not something I ever dealt with, but I do remember there was a list of lying in wait murder and different sorts of killing a cop. And I think we talked about that before, that there was mm -hmm. like a very specific list of what could be considered capital murder. And outside of that, there was no death penalty i mean i have the list here and this was the list until 2021 when the death penalty was abolished uh, let's see what they are murder in the commission of an abduction when such abduction was committed with the intent to extort money or to defile the victim murder for hire which i already said murder committed by a prisoner confined in a state or local correctional facility 
murder committed in the commission of a robbery or attempted robbery, murder committed in the commission or subsequent to rape or attempted rape, forcible sodomy or attempted forcible sodomy or object sexual penetration, murder of a law enforcement officer, even in another state or of the federal government, murder of more than one person as part of the same transaction, murder of more than one person within a three-year period, murder in the commission or attempted commission of drug trafficking, murder pursuant to the direction or order of one who is engaged in continuing criminal enterprise. What? It sounds very vague. <laughs> murder against a pregnant woman, murder of a person under 14 by someone older than 21, murder in the commission or attempted commission of an act of terrorism, murder against justice or judge when killing is for the purpose of interfering with official duties, or murder committed against a witness in a criminal case for the purpose of interfering with the person's duties. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, all of those are pretty specific, but also pretty egregious mm -hmm. at least these are pretty bad crimes compared with yeah stealing somebody's fruit or chicken mm -hmm. or making friends with the native americans so they tightened or even just robbing somebody so they did tighten it up yeah but that was because the supreme court was i guess sued or whatever it's called when somebody takes a case to the supreme court saying that the death penalty was cruel and unusual. Right. And so I, they came back with, okay, yeah, you states that want to have the death penalty, you need to, you need to codify it. Well, so there were two things. One, I, the oh, one I already ah. named briefly. So in 1972 is what you're talking about. The Supreme Court declared that the death penalty as it was practiced in the U.S. was cruel and unusual and because of that unconstitutional. That was in Furman versus Georgia. So from 72 to 76, you were not allowed to execute anyone in your state, whether or not you had previously been part of that sort of voluntary ban. But in 1976, in Gregg versus Georgia, which I mentioned a couple minutes ago, the Supreme Court stepped back from their previous ruling and put procedures in place, including you have to have this detailed list of the kinds of crimes you want to execute people for, that the justices believed would rationalize the death penalty and comply with the Eighth Amendment's prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment. By this time, public support for the death penalty was rising again after four years of not having it and crime rates going up for whatever reason. So Virginia resumed executions in 1982. And after that point of resuming, 113 additional people were executed in Virginia, which brought the grand total up to 1,390 executions starting in 1607 through 2017 with Doesn't a just kind of make your skin crawl like, yes that's a lot of people yes yes it does I mean I've said many times in this podcast I've said several times today because I feel strongly about it I am against the death penalty so yes it makes my skin crawl well I think what's probably the more appalling part of this is if you look back into the history is the fact that yes African Americans were executed at a much higher rate and for crimes that probably got a white defendant 
10 years in prison. So it was sort of that punishment aspect, not as a deterrent to people in general, but to keep a certain percentage of the population subdued and afraid. Mm, Literally disgusting. Mm. So that is kind of the end of the pre-modern. Okay, bye. <laughs> Taking Thanks us for up to me to another level of hell. <laughs> Taking us up to 1982. So I think it's probably a good stopping place and we can talk about the 1980s, 90s. Now, et cetera, next week. I just want to, I just want to clarify something. They used all Sparky until 1963. The last person executed in old Sparky, if that is (laughs) its name, was. I didn't, I didn't fucking agree to come on this show and listen to you call that electric chair old Sparky. Okay. Well, well. The thing is actually that you can still choose. So I had this for next week, but the thing is that you can still choose to be executed on the electric chair. Well, not now until 2021, you could Ah, choose lethal injection or electrocution. Hmm. So some people occasionally, it's not many, and I still want to save it for what I'm calling next week. Some people occasionally choose the electric chair. But, when- but the last the last execution on the electric chair before all of these laws sort of started changing was March 2nd, 1962. And when did Virginia start using lethal injection? Next week. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll talk about so bye. basically everything that happened from 1982 to 2021. Well, yeah, it's a lot to digest. So do you guys have anything to add? Silence. <laughs> I'm crying. Silence Silently. is good. So see you next time. Repentant. Well, yes. See you next time. But also in the meantime, if you guys want to learn more, you can always go on our website, the murderer, you know, podcast.com. You can check us out on social media. We're Murderer You Know Podcast on Instagram and at mykpod on Facebook. You can email us, know at gmail.com. We're still looking for that intern. You can be our intern. <laughs> or, or the million dollar donor. You can be our million dollar donor. And I guess you guys still didn't have anything to add other than silence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to learning more next week in the the modern era. All right. See you there. Goodbye. Goodbye.